This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide. The heartbeat of Saskatchewan is agriculture, and 620 CKRM is proud to be your voice for everything ag. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with your host, Ryan Young. Good afternoon. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. It's brought to you by Mendeco. Talk to your Mendeco dealer or visit mendeco.com to learn more about Mendeco land rollers and tillage equipment. And the UFA Cooperative, now open in Yorkton and Weyburn. UFA is the exclusive distributor of Diesel X Gold Premium Fuel that improves power and saves you money. And brought to you by Assiniboia Livestock for the most reliable and dependable way to market your livestock. Today, a Saskatchewan RM has declared an agricultural disaster as drought conditions persist. Saskatchewan Crop Report is out, and it says crops are developing, but there wasn't much rain to go around. And livestock producers can apply for support through Sask Crop Insurance. Farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. This is Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Ryan Young. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Johnston's Grain, your first and last stop for grain pricing and crop protection. The rural municipality of Dundurn has declared an agricultural disaster as a result of ongoing drought conditions. On its website, the RM is also calling on various levels of government to provide disaster relief to farmers and ranchers. This comes as counties in Alberta have been declaring agricultural disasters for the same reason. I've reached out to the Chief Administrative Officer at the RM of Dundurn for further comment, and we'll have more information as soon as it's available. Crops continue to develop despite the dry conditions and little rain. Crops Extension Specialist Mackenzie Ladoon says rainfall totals were very low. The most rain that was recorded and received was in the Dinsmore area with 14 millimeters. With the low amounts of rain that was received this past week, a large decrease in soil moisture accompanied the warm weather. Cropland topsoil moisture is currently at 21% adequate, 55% short, and 24% very short. Hay and pastureland topsoil moisture is currently 17% adequate, 55% short, and 28% very short. Canola is beginning to pod and wheat is beginning to flower in many areas. Ladoon says crops are either ahead or at normal stages of development for this time of year. And fall cereals are 31% ahead of normal stages and 66% at those normal stages of development. Spring cereals are 33% ahead and 60% at normal stages of development. Oil seeds are also 33% ahead and 58% at normal stages of development. Pulse crops are 28% ahead and 67% at normal stages of development as well. Ladoon adds crops are in good to fair condition. Provincially, winter wheat and soybeans are the crops in the best condition, with 60% of winter wheat in good condition and 67% of soybeans in good condition. Mustard and canary seed are the crops with the poorest conditions, where 35% of mustard and 21% of canary seed is in very poor condition. Crop damage this week are the usual suspects, heat and moisture stress, and grasshoppers. On the topic of haying, Ladoon says producers have made swift progress. And 51% of the first cut of hay has been baled or silaged, while 26% is cut and 23% is still standing. The quality of hay overall ranges from excellent to fair, with 59% of hay in good quality. And she had these final thoughts. With the moisture stress happening right now, a lot of producers are concerned about water quality. And if they are, they're welcome to bring a water sample to the regional office for water quality testing. 
Also, this is a very stressful time of year for many producers, and if they are feeling undue stress, they're welcome to call the Farm Stress Line. Mackenzie Ladoon is a crops extension specialist with the Saskatchewan Ministry of Agriculture, based in Moose Jaw. Back to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Ryan Young on 620 CKRM. This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Prairie 6 Inch. For Prairie 6 Inch Eavestroff size matters. See Prairie 6 Inch Eavestroff, your farm shop specialist. PrairieEavestroff.ca. Saskatchewan livestock producers facing challenges from the dry conditions this season have access to support from the Saskatchewan Crop Insurance Corporation. SAS Crop Insurance is allowing additional acres of low-yielding cereal and pulse crops to be diverted to feed. Acting Vice President of Operations at Sask Crop Insurance, Laura Lee Holston, says this applies to farmers who are enrolled in the crop insurance program. So they just notify us if they're in a loss. And so at this time of year, if there are acres that they want to put to an alternate use, and this is where our announcement today comes in, so they're not going to leave those acres to harvest this fall. Um, They want to redirect them to feed, or they maybe just want to plow them down. They can notify us, and we'll go out and do an appraisal on the acres that they want to put to an alternate use. And that appraisal gets used towards their final claim um, on all the acres of that crop. If they're not planning on putting their crop to an alternate use at this time, they really don't need to contact us until the crop is harvested. And then then we will do what we call a post-harvest claim. So after harvest, they'll notify us of their total production for each crop. And if that triggers a claim for them, we'll um, process it at that time. She says the low yield appraisal threshold value has been doubled. When we're doing those appraisals at this time of year, we have a minimum threshold. And so if the yield or the appraisal of those acres is less than that minimum threshold, we'll pay the claim as though there was zero yield. Basically, we say the yield is so low that it's not feasible to harvest those acres of that crop. What we're doing now is doubling that low yield threshold. So our threshold for Oats, for example, is 10 bushels an acre. Um, When we double it, it means that a producer who has a yield at, at or below 20 bushels an acre and chooses to direct those acres towards feed can get paid from the program as though it were zero and then salvage the remaining crop as feed. And then they can either bale or graze or silage that crop. In a news release, Saskatchewan Agriculture Minister David Merritt says the same initiative was implemented in 2021, resulting in over 345,000 acres of additional crop redirected to feed. Customers are advised to contact their local SCIC office before beginning to graze, bale, or silage their damaged crop. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Ryan Young. Now today's Ag Review with Rod McDonald of GX94, brought to you by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamps Integra Tire in Grenfell, your locally owned Integra Tire dealers. Crops continued to progress across Saskatchewan this past week. 
Canola is beginning to pod and wheat is beginning to flower in many areas. Dry conditions are impacting parts of the province, though, and many producers are hoping for rain soon. Very little rain was received this past week, resulting in a large decline in soil moisture levels. Cropland topsoil moisture is currently 21% adequate, 55% short, and 24% very short. Hay and pasture land topsoil moisture is currently 17% adequate, 55% short, and 28% very short. Crops are either ahead or at normal stages of development for this time of year and are generally in good to fair condition. Market reaction to yesterday's world agriculture supply and demand estimates was swift and dramatic. U.S. corn futures fell to their lowest level since 2021 after the USDA projected a larger-than-expected domestic crop and rising supplies. Soybean futures also tumbled after USDA's forecast of 23-24 soy ending stocks fell above a range of trade estimates. And wheat futures were pressured by a larger-than-expected U.S. production figure. On the world front, there were some notable production changes with production in Canada, Argentina, and the EU falling due to dryness. Canada and Argentine production each fell by 2 million metric tons to 35 million metric tons, respectively. And EU wheat production was lowered by 2.5 million metric tons. Those markets have all bounced back today and are trading in the black. The U.N. Secretary General is trying to broker a deal with Russia to extend a U.N.-brokered deal that allows grain to flow from Ukraine. Under the deal, Russia would agree to allow the safe export of grain from Ukraine in return for connecting a subsidiary of Russia's agricultural bank to the SWIFT international payment system. The European Union cut Russia off from the SWIFT international payment system in June 2022 over Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Manitoba's Keystone Agricultural Producers and Manitoba Pork are calling for an immediate end to supply chain disruptions at Canada's West Coast ports due to the ongoing strike by port workers. CAP President Jill Burway says the strike has impacted agri-food goods that rely on container shipping, such as pulses, and livestock produced in Manitoba to reach destinations across the globe. Both CAP and Manitoba Pork sent letters last week to the union representing the port workers and the employer to raise their concerns, as well as to the federal labor minister. And a northern Manitoba First Nation says it's helping spearhead an endeavor for a deep water port at the mouth of the Nelson River on Hudson Bay. Fox Lake Cree Nation says it's executed a memorandum of understanding with Nistanan projects to conduct an environmental assessment and social impact study. An official with Fox Lake Cree Nation says the mission is to build an indigenous-owned seaport to service the prairies and provide major freight access to tidewater and markets around the world. The governments of Alberta, Saskatchewan, and Manitoba signed a memorandum of understanding earlier this year to explore the feasibility of interprovincial corridors. And that's today's AgriView. 
I'm Rod McDonald. It's your agri-weather forecast on the voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devin, 352-1866. And Moose Jaw Truck Shop, the number one choice for any diesel engine repair. Drop in, no appointment necessary, or visit moosejawtruckshop.com. Today, partly cloudy with a 30% chance of showers and a risk of a thunderstorm. Winds from the northwest at 40, gusting to 60 kilometers an hour, high of 25 degrees. Tonight, partly cloudy, 30% chance of showers early this evening and a risk of a thunderstorm. Also some widespread smoke, which has also resulted in a special weather statement being issued because of the smoke. Winds out of the northwest tonight at 40, gusting to 60, then becoming west at 20, gusting to 40 kilometers an hour, low 13. Tomorrow, partly cloudy. 30% chance of showers in the afternoon with a risk of a thunderstorm. Still smoke. Winds from the northwest at 30, gusting to 50. High of 25, the low 9. Saturday sunshine, high of 23, the low 10. Sunday sunny, high of 22, the low 8. Monday sunny, high of 23, the low 13. Tuesday cloudy, 60% chance of showers, high of 24. Tuesday Tuesday night, cloudy, with a 60% chance of showers again, low of 14. Wednesday, cloudy, 60% chance of showers, high of 23 degrees. Normal highs for this period are around 25. Normal lows, 11. Sun rose at 5.02 this morning. Sun will set at around 9.06 tonight. Taking a look around the province in Estevan and Weyburn, 25. Swift Current, 23. Saskatoon, 24. Yorkton, 22. The warm spot in Saskatchewan is in Moose Jaw, and you can also lump in Estevan and Weyburn in that category at 25, 25 rather. Cold spot in Key Lake at 11 degrees. In Regina, mostly cloudy. Winds from the west-northwest at 27 to 39 kilometers an hour. Humidity at 52%. Temperature 24 degrees or 75 Fahrenheit. Barometric pressure at 100.8 and falling. In Moose Jaw, mainly sunny. West wind at 33, temperature 26 degrees. Again in Regina, mostly cloudy. West northwest wind at 27 to 39, temperature 24 degrees. Back in a moment. You're tuned to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today on the Voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougall Auctioneers, where you're guaranteed the best buying and selling experience, McDougallAuction.com. And brought to you by Pattison Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizer's just better when it's weather, wetter. Pattison Liquid Systems, expect the best. An incentive is being offered to Canadian dairy farmers looking to make their operation greener. Farm Credit Canada is offering up to $2,000 through its Sustainability Incentive Program with support from the Dairy Farmers of Canada. FCC's Director of Lending Products and Sustainability Programs, Curtis Granger, says FCC customers are eligible when it starts this September, adding there are two ways to apply. So the first option is really, um, is really in a partnership with Dairy Farmers of Canada and Lactinet. Um, Lactinet is a farmer-run organization that provides a variety of services for uh, dairy producers. So for our Lactinet customers, the criteria is based on the Herd Sustainability Index. 
in combination with the pro-action program's environmental questionnaire results. So if the producer can, um, once they kind of look into the criteria, if they are meeting that criteria, they can apply. And then, you know, we do kind of the background work and, and make sure everything is verified on the on the administration side. And then the producer would re- receive an incentive. The option number two would be for our um, our customers who are, you know, they don't use Latinet services, which, um, you know, when creating a sustainability incentive program, it's really important that the program is available for all potential producers to um, participate in. So with the second option, there's going to be kind of four sustainability indicators that are meant to kind of mirror this herd sustainability index on the Lactinet side. Um, and then it has a combination of the ProAction environmental questionnaire results as well. So kind of it, it's available to all producers, but they do have to meet the criteria for the program in order to be eligible. The full details on how to apply and where will be released in the fall. The incentive payment appears to be small, but Granger says this is a relatively new program, so there's room for improvement in the future. It's really important to us to kind of make all of our programming relatively um, consistent from an incentive payment standpoint. And we are, you know, still in the early days. So this is for sure a starting point with us to kind of, you know, try and figure out what that right size amount is. So the, the dairy incentive program is exactly consistent with their other programming. Um, so that would be our partnerships with like the Canadian Roundtable for Sustainable Beef um, or McCain Foods. So um, it was really important for us to kind of keep that incentive consistent. David Weens is the new president of the Dairy Farmers of Canada and says this partnership helps advance their goal of net zero greenhouse gas emissions from on-farm dairy production by 2050. While Canada's dairy industry has one of the lowest carbon footprints for dairy in the world at less than half the global average, Weens believes they can continue to build off that progress. The carbon footprint from uh, 1990 until uh, 2020 has been reduced by 25%. And so that's pretty significant. You know, when you look at it on a per liter basis, and a lot of this has been, you know, trying to drive further efficiencies on the farm. And so uh, there are other areas in which, you know, as more information becomes available, there's other things that we can pursue in terms of helping to reduce that carbon footprint. So it's not going to be just one area. I mean, a lot has happened because of increased uh, efficiencies and, you know, a lot more milk from from fewer cows and so on. But we will continue to pursue uh, areas that uh, in terms of, you know, it, it may be along the line of regenerative agriculture, you know, it could be best management practice in terms of crop production. And so there, there, there really is uh, quite a list there of the things that we could do, but there's also research that's happening that will help us to fur- further inform us in terms of what some uh, possible actions could be. So, so we are on it. And yes, we have made a re- major reduction. We are about half of world average, and yet we firmly believe that we can uh, we can continue to uh, build on that success and continue to reduce it. He says this incentive could be used to find greater efficiencies on the farm. You know, there there's so many different ways in which we can uh, can help to reduce the carbon footprint, and so you know, on different farms, there's there's different possibilities. So one of the things that DFC has done is you know just kind of created. Um, pathway or, you know, kind of a chart where, you know, farmers can look at some of the, the best management practices that they could embrace on the farm, maybe are already, uh, but look at certain areas where they think, yeah, you know, maybe there's something that we could do in this area. Because the way we're approaching this is that uh, together, 
uh, you know, we can accomplish that goal. The collaboration announcement was made at the Dairy Farmers of Canada annual general meeting in Winnipeg. The sustainability incentive program continues to look for other sectors for partnerships. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Ryan Young. This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Degelman Industries. Look to Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. And Arcola Building Supplies, small town lumberyard, big on service. ArcolaBuildingSupplies.com There appears to be no immediate potential for grain to move through Churchill, but the port's role as a pivotal point to relay goods to Arctic communities along the west coast of Hudson Bay is growing. That's according to Arctic Gateway CEO Michael Wolke. Somewhere between 2,500 kilometers north of Churchill, maybe not quite, but along that west coast. Those communities rely on a sea lift and or air transport for all of the commodities that they get into those communities. Wolke says the COVID years interrupted the previous tug-and-barge delivery process, which drew supplies in a somewhat roundabout connection out of Quebec. Is looking at resurrecting or creating a new tug-and-barge operation that would see tugboats originating in Churchill and delivering goods, which could then come up maybe once a week to that region. And so now you would generate a significant opportunity for more traffic, more goods, great economic development to move goods north and south, or basically north. In other words, previous mythology that Churchill was just a short-season port has evaporated. We're currently open close to five months, right? Four and a half, five months. So for those communities, you because they have the same cycle we do because they're on Hudson Bay like we are, so it provides that opportunity for significantly more shipping, and which is critical. I mean, what's coming in the future as well is, uh, you may have followed in the media, um, this, this housing supply challenge for Nunavut. They hope to build between two and 3,000 houses in Nunavut over the next 10 years. That will mean a huge amount of lumber and other materials, sometimes prefabricated pieces of buildings. Or there's various methods that are going to be used, but all that material will have to get up there. So you can imagine if there's a tug and barge operation that allows a weekly supply. And by the way, this is not competition really to the sea lift. It's complementary. The sea lift can't, you know, I don't think it can accommodate that volume. It's not the same operation is what I'm saying. So I think it's complementary. And, uh, but it allows goods to travel much more readily, regularly uh, to those communities. The first ships of the 2023 season are due in this coming weekend. One a tourist ship, the other a freighter. Michael Wolke is CEO for the Arctic Gateway Group, a consortium of northern Manitoba indigenously based communities and the Churchill Port Rail Line complex. The Alberta NDP is demanding both the provincial and federal governments step up to compensate farmers reeling from damage caused by floods, fires, and tornadoes. Agriculture critic Heather Sweet told reporters on Monday she's written to the federal ag minister to request a meeting during the Calgary Stampede this week. Sweet says homeowners, renters, small business owners, and nonprofit groups are not eligible for the federal disaster response program. I've heard from producers and those who are impacted that the assistance for the loss of direct infrastructure is significantly lacking. The province has stated their intention is to examine, fun examine funding options for residential damage, but producers in rural Alberta are severely limited in what they may apply for 
and they just have not got the assurance from this government about the losses that they've experienced. Municipalities and counties across the province have declared agricultural disasters, and still, the UCP and the new minister are silent, only citing options available through the federal government's business risk management programs. The federal minister and the provincial minister of agriculture are in Calgary this week. They're flipping pancakes, they're taking pictures, but they're not talking to producers. But even during the celebrations of Stampede, they need to be meeting with farmers and ranchers to find out what support they need. The new provincial ag minister, R.J. Sigurdsson, responded soon after, saying he also sent a letter to his federal counterpart asking her to address the concerns he's heard from producers. Here's the market updates with Ryan Young on 620 CKRM. Grain prices at Viterra were mixed in early trading today. Canola is down $43.10 to $757.82 a metric ton. And number one red spring wheat is up $2.29 at $384.66. The rest were unchanged. Durham at $398.44. Feed barley $335.61. Chickpeas $1036.17. Flax $501.98. Lentils $702.50. Oats 255.32, yellow peas 335.92, and feed wheat 270.97. On the Minneapolis Grain Exchange, hard red spring wheat for September is up 11 cents to $8.64.5 a bushel. It's the Livestock Reports on the Voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. Livestock quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn Livestock, 842-4574. Now, the livestock quotes. Good afternoon. This is a Yorkton Heartland Livestock Market Report for the week of July the 12th. A huge run this week. My favorite job at Heartland is short cows and sell cows. I've seen enough cows this week to do me for a couple of months. 840 cows and bulls, over 300 feeders, a total of 1,150 for the day. The cows were selling too lower, but our seven front row cow buyers held the market relatively steady. Good job to those gentlemen. They were kind enough to stay right to the end for us. D1, D2 cows, 40, 140 to 150, sales to 158, 159, D3 cows, 130 to 140. Older type, weaker and thinner cows, 50 to 90. Cows are averaging 141. From that Calder area, 1,600 pound cows topped out at 160. Good bulls. They were steady this week. 150 to 160. Sales to 173, 174. Bulls are averaging 158. From that Rokenville area, 2,200 pound good exotic bulls topped out at 175. Onto the feeder market. 5 to 600 pound steers, 340 to 373. 6 to 7, 320 to 375. 7 to 800 pound steers, 280 to 330. On the heifer side, 5 to 600 pound heifers, 305 to 330. 6 to 7s, 285 to 308, 7 to 800 pound heifers, 230 to 280, and 8 to 900 pound heifers, 245 to 270. Highlight of the morning, we had some 700 pound steers. They topped out at 335, and a package of black heifers, 640 pounds. They topped out at 310. No sale next week, July the 19th. We are shut down for yard maintenance. Next sale, Wednesday, July the 26th. We also have some big strings of yearlings consigned and semi-loads of cows consigned already for that sale. If you got cow cows close to home, probably a good idea to move some of them. I'm Harvey Exner. Have a good day. The latest 
pork prices are at $232.75 per CKG. Coming up, the Resource Report. This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on 620 CKRM. Here's Ryan Young. Now the Resource Report brought to you by Mazank Fuels, your local branded Petro-Canada wholesaler for over 40 years. Fill up the tank, call Mazank, 306-721-6667. Barrick Gold is reporting it sold 1 million ounces of gold and 101 million pounds of copper in the second quarter. The mining giant says it's on track to achieve its full-year copper and gold guidance based on these preliminary results. The sales came as preliminary second-quarter production figures totaled 1.01 million ounces of gold and 107 million pounds of copper. Barrick also says gold and copper production in 2023 is expected to increase in the second half of the year. On the markets, the TSX is up 164 points at 20,235. The Dow is up 57 points to 34,404. Oil is up 18 cents at $75.93 per barrel. And the Canadian dollar is at 76.20 cents US. And that's the Resource Report. If you missed any segment of the show, tune in to the On Demand Saskatchewan Agriculture Today podcast. Brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. Visit GowanCanada.com to learn more. And that's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. I'm Ryan Young. Have a nice day. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide.